When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's actually not the best show. The Chris Valley is extravagant. It's the best show. I do a great job. Hopefully you do a great job. Jonathan, he does a great job. Geek Geek does a great job. Hopefully I'll be seeing you soon. And hopefully I'll be seeing you soon. What's up guys, welcome to episode 17 of Geekscape. Over the next 45 minutes to an hour, we're going to be bringing you the latest news and reviews in the world of video games, movies, and comics. I'm joined this week by two of my mysterious compatriots from the world of Mexican wrestling. Introduce yourself, go ahead guys. I am Baron Von Bava. And I am the man with the golden eye. And uh, they're going to be talking all about their brand new book, uh, Mondo Lucha Gogo. It's a wrestling book, it's about Mexican wrestling, and uh, you wrote it? Yes, I did. You shot it because you got I the did. golden eye. I shot eye. it. I shot it. And uh, that's coming up. So let me throw out the sponsor real quick. That's NetRiver.net. We're still running the contest for, for their brand new website. Uh, go ahead and start shooting your ads. We've got two so far that are really pretty good. So take out your camera, get your animation skills, and shoot an ad for NetRiver.net. All you've got to include is that it's got fun and knowledgeable staff, best prices on dedicated servers of VPS. Rock bottom prices on shared hosting and $1.95 domain names when you get your shared hosting. I actually got a domain uh, last week and uh, it was pretty easy. And here's the, here's the cool thing so that they know that you're a Geekscape listener. You put in the promotional code Gilmore and you get 10% off your order. So they've got amazing deals. It can get even better. Uh, I think my domain cost all of $8. My phone's going off. But... Um, Get out of here. Get out of here. Um, let's get right into it. We saw a movie this week. What do we go see, guys? Grindhouse. So, we went to see Grindhouse. This is the uh, movie that is a two-part. Uh, Actually, it's five parts. It's five parts. you got to hold the mic up here. It's talk five parts. I'm sorry. He's used to keeping the mic near his penis. It's my yeah. fir- first time out of the jail cell. <laughs> so, uh, this is Robert Rodriguez and um, Quentin Tarantino teaming up. They both do... Almost full-length films, uh, and it's interspersed by trailers. Trailers, trailers and Three they're trailers. doing an homage to all the old Grindhouse films from the '70s. And um, let's have right at it. You guys are big Grindhouse fans. Yes, yes. We are. He's a bigger one than I am, obviously, as you can see by his girth. But we saw it at the New Beverly, which is the mecca of all Grindhouse here in Los Angeles. In Los yes, Angeles. Yes, in Los Angeles. And they've been having a Grindhouse festival for the last two weeks. Two months. The last last two months, Quentin has uh, donated his private collection of exploitative titles, Grindhouse titles. And uh, it's been going on every night. But prior to this, uh, Eric Caden and Brian Quinn, who work at Hollywood Book and Poster, have been having um, once a month a Grindhouse festival there. Um, The last five years they've been doing it. And it's it's just a great night. uh, It's a night of uh, double features of... uh, different titles, themes, but things that would play in that Grindhouse Fair from the late 60s, early 70s. And it started with very few people, and now it's uh, sometimes the theater sells out. Yeah, I, I pass it every day on the way to work. 
and uh, sooner or later I have to go to the New Beverly. Yeah. They were playing a double feature. They were playing um, The Conformist and, and, a, and a, an officer under suspicion. Yeah, yeah. A, a person above suspicion. A, a citizen above suspicion. Citizen above yeah. suspicion, yeah. suspicion, those two Italian movies, and, yeah. I, and I missed out. I really effed up. And then mm -hmm. on Halloween, I think they were playing uh, Monster Squad, double feature with some other fun 80s, yeah. or Lost Boys. Yeah, yeah, they do. They have, it's very eclectic. The, the guys that run it there really know their stuff. They'll have like uh, three Mox Brothers films to do a couple of silent films to do like Bullet, The French Connection. Uh, the films are sort of themed, you know, the classics, yeah. the Casablanca, Maltese Falcon, but they'll do uh, foreign films with some really great French noir. Um, I, I think between that and the American Cinematheque, uh, those are the two best places to watch films in Los Angeles. Now, I'm a little partial, of course, to my hometown heroes, the Alamo Draft House, best movie yeah. theater in, in uh, the <laughs> world. But let's get down to the nitty gritty, the movie that we saw, Grindhouse. Grindhouse. What did you guys think of the movie and its various pieces and parts? Um, well, first of all, overall, it's a blast. Um, I think we probably saw it with the best. Yeah, we start with the best best crowd. audience in the nation. But it was just a blast. It was, you know, a, a roller coaster ride. Um, you guys saw like a midnight Thursday. We saw screening. a midnight Thursday. Yeah, grindhouse. Was anybody attending? What was oh, yeah. going well, on? Well, uh, um, we sort of knew through the grapevine certain people were going to be there. Yeah, uh, and some guy with a huge head sat in front of me and blocked half the screen. <laughs> and it turned out it was, it was Quentin. 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 Robert Rodriguez sat next to him, so we were sitting. Now I was wearing the mask the whole time, but uh, they came in. Uh, the first 10 minutes didn't watch the film with this. Because fans will surge after you if you remove the mask. Of course, yes. Um, I'm, I'm too good looking to be seen in public. Not only fans, but authorities <laughs> exactly. from multiple countries. Chris Hansen from, if you watch him, Dateline, the, the mask is staying on. You know. um, so you thought it was a blast? It was. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the film. I think um, these guys grew up in that era. They know the grindhouse. They know... And the term grindhouse is, 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 is being thrown out now. I don't think people really realize what it is. Um, the grindhouse is where the, the theaters in 42nd Street, New York, where they would continuously show films 24 hours a day. Until the film just falls apart. Well, yeah. it, 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 literally, it, it, they'd throw you, the place would burn down. So you can pay your money, your two bucks, five bucks, and you would sit there and you watch two, three, four films, plus the trailers, and they just keep grinding them out. And a lot of these films, uh, some were Hollywood films, but a lot were like regional films, independent films. And that's where a lot of um, these filmmakers from the Northeast started to get influence to come out of. And for years and years, these films were sort of like lost treasures. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until certain, like uh, something weird video, uh, and certain websites and magazines started, uh, you know, heroing these these web these uh, films. And uh, Tarantino is a big a big fan of that. And in Los Angeles, the number one place to get these films, and Tarantino goes there all the time, and everyone sort of knows it, is Eddie Brandt's Saturday Matinee. It's the best video store in the world, and Everyone knows it, but they have like 70,000 titles, and most of those are Grindhouse Fair and stuff. That the things that you know everyone um, would like to see, and, and at least today with, with the internet and all the stuff coming out, there's a lot of access to these movies now. And but Grindhouse back to the film was a lot, a lot of fun. I think it was a real throwback to the days of like the John Carpenter films, uh, these exploitative movies, the, mm -hmm. these wild um, zombie movies, uh, uh, car chase films. Um, Wasn't there a rumor that John Carpenter was? Gonna do the music at one point. I think at Comic Con they 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 were talking about how they wanted John Carpenter to do the music. And watching Planet Terror, uh, I think Robert Rodriguez, who did the music for it, great, great, did as good great, an impersonation great. of yeah. John Carpenter's type of score. Yeah. Uh, I felt like I was watching some of the movies that I loved when I when I was uh, growing up. Which literally, like like my one favorite crap movie of all time is Night of the Comet. 
oh, that's a great film. You know, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting, it, it just got released on DVD about the two girls who are grounded when the comet flies over Haley's Comet and turns everybody into zombies, zombies. but since they're grounded, <laughs> they don't get turned into zombies. And they, well, you turn to dust if you're outside. Yeah. And we yeah. remade that in college. We did a little uh, movie called Spores, the movie about two guys <laughs> who are so uncool, they just play PlayStation all the way through, and when they're done playing PlayStation, they look up and everybody's a zombie. Which is funny, because when uh, Shaun of the Dead came out, I was sitting with my friends who had all seen Spores, and they were like, dude, <laughs> they got PlayStation in that movie, they got zombies, they got comedy, they got all that... Um, but that's Edgar Wright is just as smart and talented as I am. And it's and it's um, his he had a trailer a, a in page, Grindhouse, which was great. It's the best trailer I it's, think. It was absolutely yeah. brilliant. It was called Don't, and it looked like it really a, an, amic, an amicus film from the seventies. It was just absolutely yeah. brilliant. Well, I um I couldn't find any filth on Skinamax the other night, so I tuned into um, Charlie Rose, and they were on there. Yeah. And he was talking about how he used John Carpenter as an influence for his part of the film. And, awesome. Um, is this Rodriguez yeah. talking? Yeah, Rodriguez. And my two my two cents on this movie is that uh, Planet Terror owns. It, it is uh, the perfect movie for me. Basically, it's the one where uh, there's a kind of a, 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 an Agent Orange type chemical that gets out and starts turning people into zombies, and uh, you know the military's lost control of it. And of course, you've got um, the small town who has to deal with the zombie in, invasion. And um, that movie is perfect. In my opinion, it is perfect. Uh, all of the characters have multiple levels to them, both internally and externally. They've, there's a million plot lines going on. And usually a movie like that gets away from you. you know. But yeah. these, they, he did a really good yeah. job of wrapping yeah. up everything. And the writing, this is probably the tightest writing Robert Rodriguez has had. Yeah. yeah. Well, he worked on it. He, in that interview, he said he worked on it for like two and a half years. And it shows it was well. Yeah, he had an idea well a while out. ago, and he's been working on it for quite a while. You can tell when he shoots out a movie like Once Upon a Time in Mexico or some of the Spike, yeah. like the last two Spike Kids movies. You can tell when he just shoots these movies out. Uh, the homework hasn't totally been done. Yeah, this movie was tight as hell. Yeah, it was, re- and it packs a lot into it. Yeah, there's no wasted scene. Really, it's, it moves. There's no wasted scenes. It's really a lot of fun. And I always I want to give a nod to him. And I think Quentin also was. Um, these guys have. Very well read, also. I think mm-hmm. they give certain nods, especially um, um, there's a character called El Rey, uh, which is the Freddy Rodriguez character in it. And um, El Rey is the name of uh, the town. The town. And the Jim in the Thompson. The get- yeah, exactly. Right. Which, if people actually read the novel, the Jim Thompson novel, the last part of that novel becomes a surreal nightmare. And I always dug Quentin for putting that in Dust Till Dawn because it was the only time they really, he really, Quentin knows his stuff, especially when it comes to. Uh, pulp literature so that was a nice nod to see that in there yeah I, I love in Dustal Dawn how they have to get to El Rey and if, when, you, when you get to El Rey you're actually screwed but people don't unless you read the book you don't know that I want to give my props to uh, Rose McGowan's plastic surgeon because she is kicking yeah. in this movie you know and I've never really seen what other people see in her you know uh, I always thought of her in the same way that there are the, the celebrity girls who they reach a point and I'm done with them you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure Marilyn Manson's a fantastic human being and a good guy, <laughs> but I, I get question marks. Uh, Angel, jo- Angelina Jolie can adopt Africa, and I and you still will always be the girl with Billy Bob Thornton's blood in a vial. You know what I mean? Um, she she could run the United Nations and become Sidney Poitier, but like she could become Mother Teresa, and she'll still be the person with the blood in the vial. And um, Rose McGowan was kind of like that, and this movie actually put a dent in that yeah. prejudice because she is really hot and talented. 
Yeah. yeah, she was good. Everyone was good. It was well cast. It was very well cast in I think both films. And I like the fact that Michael Parks came in uh, from one film mm-hmm. to another, and that which is it's a nice continuity tie-in. And they gave some nice nods to Tarantino's other films, a certain yeah. little, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Josh there. Brolin really stepped he was, up. He was Josh Brolin was phenomenal. Yeah. Josh Brolin was For like you Goonies fans, he, he was the <laughs> older brother in Goonies really kicks ass in this and he, creeps you out hard. He was great. He really he, it reminded me of like a Nick Nolte sort of mixed with an old William Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he was just great in it. So, my reservation about the film, and you guys are gonna boo and hiss. I almost walked out on the Quentin Tarantino one. Well, you think it was too long at one point? I, I thought it was painfully overdone and masturbatory in those dialogue scenes. I, I, I checked out bad. In, in those 10-minute long shots going around tables where you have a really obnoxiously dialogued Sex and the City with twenty-year-olds going on, I, I was done. I, I was done talking um, like mechanics. Yeah. I was done. Uh, th- that movie, Death Proof, is the one that takes place after the trailers and after Robert Rodriguez's film, and uh, I, I was not sold on it at all. There's about five minutes of really awesome stuff. So if you guys haven't seen Grindhouse yet, want to go see it? My advice is see it when the Quentin Tarantino movie starts. If you're feeling a little tired and not up for it. Go home. It'll be out on DVD by the end of the year. I'm going to watch the good parts then because it, it really w- became incessant and masturbatory. And I was like, the dude loves to hear himself <laughs> write. It was a great, I got to admit, there was the, car, went the car chases were phenomenal. Car and chases I, was I, great. I every time Except cr- I keep telling myself, okay, if somebody's next to you smashing your car and being like, hey, I'm going to kill you. Hit the brakes. <laughs> I was thinking this. I, I, I think the, the Kurt Russell, every time he's on the screen, is great. And sure. He, and Kurt Russell gave one of the all-time great nods to the audience ever seen the film, and I think you know what I'm talking about. There's a part where Kurt Russell looks to the camera, and he waits a beat and a beat and a half, but it's absolutely brilliant. It just, it, I mean, to me, that that was the highlight of the film for me. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I I was pretty checked out. I think I was hiding under my hat at the point. <laughs> Guys, it was really painful for me to sit through some of that dialogue, and uh, and and I feel like this is his freebie for giving us Kill Bill. Uh, they I should have switched them around. I think. I think yeah. should have been. You, first. I think you would have been more forgiving had that yeah. one been first. Because it was all action, all action, and then it just kind of aired out. Oh, and it aired but, out um, for a long time. Um, again, in that, in that interview the other night, he said, you know, Robert Rodriguez was working on his for quite a while. He just sat down and did it, and so there wasn't a lot of time put into it. He could have. <laughs> um, he's very talented, but I think you could make a Mad Libs for Tarantino scripts. <laughs> Where you have a space for kung fu film, 60s television show, you know, and you just fill them in and you've got your Tarantino script, almost like a Mad Libs, you know. Um, well, he, he has his references and I think um, he knows them so well. I don't, sometimes he thinks, I don't think he realizes the audience. He's becoming know. one of the references. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, it, it's a little crazy. Um, it, there's something that happens in almost every one of his dialogue scenes where someone will state a fact. And somebody will repeat the fact as a question. And that's half the conversation. What do you he's mean like, by that? He's <laughs> like, I called Kimmy last night. You called Kimmy last night? Well, I called, you know, it's just like, and, and, and that's all it is for half the conversation. Repeat the With fact a little bit of uh, sugar and jolt cola, like, thrown in, <laughs> and some comic book thrown in, shaken up, blended, and that's your conversation. And, it, it, yeah, it didn't feel disciplined at all. And with this, you really got to bring it. 
you can you can argue uh, that he's lulling the audience into submissions for the really high tension of that first accident, mm-hmm. yeah. which is really well designed. Yeah, the tension well. in that is extremely well designed. You can argue that he's lulling him again for the last chase scene. Yeah. But I think there's other ways to lull. Yeah. Uh, very... that, that's my one negative of the film. I, will, I want to see it again. Yeah, I think the film was a lot of hot fun. ladies in that second part, though. Yeah, there's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think I think, I'm a I think huge. The, the trailers. Were, I mean, the Machete trailer, which is brilliant. I want to see a Machete trailer now. I mean, that I was see a movie that now. was great. <laughs> and, and, I want to see the Machete movie. Now. And thanks, was Thanksgiving was top notch. And I hear they're, they're making the Machete movie for a straight to DVD. And Gilmore's nodding. Can we can we get over to Gilmore over here at ringside? Let, okay. Yeah. I'm, I personally, I'm really, really excited about the Machete movie uh, coming straight to video. I mean, as a I, Hispanic, as a Hispanic, for one, and I mean, just everything about that first trailer. How awesome was how awesome was that trailer? I've taken a vow of peace. <laughs> I can't, I've taken a vow of peace. That's awesome. Up. It's so good, and I think the trailer. The tra- other than the entire movie, I mean, I, I also didn't like Quentin Tarantino's part as much, but I really, really did like uh, my favorite trailer. What was your guys' favorite trailer? Don't. 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 That's Don't? Too. How about yeah. you? Uh, it was Machete. I mean, you know, Danny Trejo is the. Mexican Charles Bronson. He's just fucking badass, and there's no Carlos, one better. Carlos Bronson. Oh man, see that's weird. We're we're all we're all different here. I'm all about all about Thanksgiving, yeah. all about Thanksgiving. You want to fuck a turkey? That was amazing. That was amazing. There was seriously that trailer was perfect. I remember seeing trailers like that, uh, renting like sh- renting shitty movies as a, as a child because I always I, for some reason I don't know what the hell was wrong with me. I always seeked out these types of movies, but fuck that was. Perfect. I think I mean, a shorter list would be what is right with you. <laughs> but but seriously though, I mean everything down You're to the voice. You're even creepy laughing in a mask. Everything, <laughs> everything down to the voice. Yeah, doesn't it look? I'm gonna come to your house. I'm gonna watch you sleep. Is that what this looks like? Um, but um. Walk your children to school. Hold your children's hands while going to school. But um. No, but seriously though, even down to the voiceover artist, the Thanksgiving trailer was perfect. Yeah. Thanksgiving. I mean, Pretty it wasn't fun. like over the top. It was just very quiet. I like the Rob Zombie one a lot, especially. Really? I, that was my least I, favorite I, I, one. I did not know Nicolas Cage was going to show up. That, that was hilarious. That was that was high, hilarious. That was, you think, that was the best I've ever seen Nicolas Cage Oh my god. Nicolas Cage is Fu Manchu. Do you think maybe that, that? Do you think that maybe that's a little uh, hint that Nicolas Cage might be Mandarin in the Iron Man movie? That's exactly what I thought when uh, I saw that. No, they got to uh, just just between you, me, and Hollywood. Uh-huh. Mandarin's got to be played by a Japanese guy. No, yeah, definitely. Iron Man movie. Well, you think they'd actually do Nicolas? Cage. Yeah. Nicholas Cage hilarious. is not Japanese. No, but yeah, but Thanksgiving he just was finds perfect. Japanese girls at restaurants that, that and marries was, them. That was such a cringe factor thing. Like I don't have a vagina, but if I did in the Thanksgiving the trailer, I should I'm gonna try to get one. Um it's uh when, when she's when speaking the girl out of it. is jumping out of the tramp was jumping on the trampoline lands on a knife. kills the other guy, knife sticking out, whole everyone in the theater. Oh, it was just it was an experience. I say go bring candy, stay throughout the entire thing. You really you really do because I texted you. Yeah. I, I warned you, I'm like, dude, get some snacks, get some caffeine. It's gonna be long. You should have said Tarantino movie stars, walk out. <laughs> and we, we, here's the thing, we 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 would have walked out, but I turned to Graham who's not here today, and Graham said, I'm not walking out. I have to see these annoying bitches die. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually, it, the, I think it was worth it. Don't you yeah. think the payoff was worth it? No. Wow. But it, but it's good. But okay. no. 
All Fast right. forwarding would have made it worth it. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, yeah. I'm but, so, uh, guys, I'm I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino right. fan. No, so am I. Just not just not in this one. What'd you, you know? like about the Rob Zombie one? Uh, I I will watch that any day of the week. I would love to see a Werewolf Women of the SS movie, any oh, day of the week. Um, right. So so speaking of trailers, guys, uh, the the Halloween trailer, Rob Zombie's Halloween trailer came out, and in uh, in our guests can actually have a microphone back. Yeah, Gil, Gilmore Gilmore just wants to take over the show. Um, <laughs> and uh, you guys saw it kind of choppy on the internet, and we can't play it here because it's Windows Media. Uh, talk about the little bit that you saw from the trailer and the movie in general. Are you guys so like stoked for this? Uh, I can't until I see the film. I can't comment. I mean, uh, I haven't seen the movie, but I'm like the old school. I mean, I thought the original film was just, was brilliant, and I had actually had problems with the original film. Some some problems I had with it, but um, I don't know how this story is, so I can't comment. But I mean, I don't know if they're gonna get this character a backstory. And you, this is a character. You, it's like the Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. character. You really don't need a backstory with these guys. You just he's just a psychopath. It, well, not even that. It, 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 it's just um, like him. You you don't know, and it's up for the audience to make up where these guys came from, their minds and stuff. I um, there's one scene at the beginning of Halloween that the original that sort of irked me, but besides that, it's a great little. Um, I never thought they should show the um, the kid's face in the beginning or at the yeah. end. Never never see the kid's face at all. I think that's a mistake that Carpenter did. But that's the only mistake he did. But Zombie's an interesting guy. I mean, he, he has a different take on things, a visual. So, I mean, I'm sure he'll bring something hopefully different to the table mm-hmm. for this. It's got, a good, it's got a good cast from what I hear. You know, I like the original, too. I used to jack to the scene of the, uh, the sister uh, taking her clothes off. So, it, it, it really touches my heart. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were um, but pleasant guy. <laughs> I got to say, if Zombie can marry his style to a great script, it's going to be kick-ass. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we can't comment until we... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys put out a book. Yes, we did. Mondo Luce Go Go. Let's take a look at it. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the book? The book is called Mondo Luce Go Go: The Bizarre and Honorable World of Wild Mexican Wrestlers. Uh, Mexican wrestling. I'm sorry. And uh, you did all the photography with your golden. Uh, I did most of the photography. Okay. I was kind of his sidekick. He He'd take me to the matches, and uh-huh. he was my top guy. Yeah. I didn't realize what I was getting into, but there was people flying over me. It was like shooting superheroes. It was amazing. And you did the writing. Yes, I did. This is a, this is a pretty solid book. Yeah. This is heavy, and people can find this on Amazon. They can find it. Uh, Amazon Borders. Barnes MySpace. 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 MySpace.com slash Mondo Lucha is the best place to get information and buy it and all that stuff. We had some great contributors besides the man with the golden eye. Daniel Chavillo was one of the photographers, and his dad was also a, a wrestling wrestler who was Dr. Lama in the 60s and 70s. Dorothy Lee was a great, she was a great godsend um, for her work. And then I had some great contributors also. I had uh, Keith Rainville who contributed some sidebars. And I had I was lucky to have um, Runjan Chibber, who was a, um, a doctor of film studies at mm-hmm. George Washington University. He wrote two chapters for me, and one about how Mexican wrestling influenced Japanese wrestling. Wow. So, so we really had some top pedigree people contributing. Uh, and Toby Hooper did the intro. Toby Hooper wrote an introduction for me. That's so, huge. Toby yes. Hooper's a, Especially to our audience, that's yeah, huge. Toby Hooper, the, the original director of the Great Texas Chainsaw Massacre, wrote a nice introduction to me. And then Kurt Angle, uh, yeah. who's two wrestling fans, everyone knows Kurt, uh, who your brother knows well, yeah. a big gold medalist, he wrote an, uh, a forward for me. So I had 
it was nice to contact my friends, and they were really excited about it. So they made a mistake of not putting Toby's name on the cover, but that's wow. a, that's an added bonus to the to the fans. You open up, you see Toby's uh, name, and you see what he's written for the book. Yeah, well, his name will be on the paperback. Now, sure. how, how did you get interested in doing a book like this? I've always been a fan of Mexican wrestling, uh, where I came. I mean, it was just to me it was a uh, Santo was his um, large and large yeah. character. I mean, he was just. I mean. You I know, bought my brother a, a box set of Santos yeah, films. This, I mean, I love seeing a, a Mexican wrestler fight <laughs> Frankenstein. Well, see, that, that's the great part about the Mexican wrestling from the Lucha films is uh, it starts out with a wrestling match, and then he sees he finishes the opponent, and he hooks up some hot girl, drives around in a convertible, uh, knows all the in a mask, all in a mask, and a suit, in a suit, and a turtleneck. Then he fights Martians or zombies <laughs> or Nazis or vampires. That is a, that's a perfect movie. And then he goes back during he's fighting the monster. He has to go back to the arena to have another match, though. Beat his opponent, come back, hook up with some hot chick again, and then, you know, save the world. Yeah. That's basically the plot for these. And the mask never comes. And off. the mask never you ne the mask never comes off. A good part of the book is about that. All, all the movies that, that Santo yeah. was in, and, and 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 he wasn't the first. There was there was wrestlers before Santo, um, El Santo that, that went to the silver screen. Hurricane Ramirez was one of the first. Uh, Medicuacino, uh, and it's funny since I finished the book, um, Hurricane Ramirez has passed away. Black Shadow passed away. Antonio Pena passed away, and I dedicated the book to Eddie Guerrero, yeah. who your brother knows and you know yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. He, I remember getting the phone call about Eddie Guerrero passing away from Paul. That was the uh, morning that that they found his body. That and, was uh, really emotional. Yeah, Eddie, that was that really was tragic. A, that was uh, November thirteenth, our wedding anniversary. That oh, and, that's and, and I got the call from Michael Cole, who's a friend of yeah. mine, and um, because he knew I liked Eddie a lot, and Eddie was helping me with this, and it was just all I have to say is the Guerreros were some of the nicest. The whole family, it's just a class act all the way. Just great people. They were. I don't but, know them. <laughs> trust me, they're great. They're great. You're a son of a bitch. But it's a fun book. But how I can involve this, a friend of mine just called me up who works for uh, HarperCollins to some extent through, uh -huh. and, um, through this agency, Mark Mark Gerald, and um, he's an editor and a book. He's a book agent. And he started work with Rayo Books, who's an imprint of HarperCollins. And the guys over there go, do you know anyone that knows something about Mexican wrestling? And he says, well, yeah, I know Baron Bon Bava, yeah. me. And he says... Um, so he gives me a call and he says, "Would you?" It was like Baron, and you're like, "Yes, I'm on my estate." <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm interrogating prisoners. Yeah. Um, he said, "Would you like to write a book about uh, Lucha Libre?" And I said, um, well, "You're gonna pay me." And at the time, I was working for the WWE, <laughs> so a conflict of interest. I couldn't write the book why I was still working for them. When I finished uh, the book, when I finished working for them, I started the book right away. <laughs> and it took about it's about two years to do. But I've always been a fan. But because I worked in the wrestling business. Um, People knew I knew my stuff, and I would, you know, keep the kayfabe, which your brother would know. I mean, so they a lot of people uh, opened up to me, and we had great access to um, posters from, like I said, Hollywood Book and Poster and private collections, personal collections. Ed took – I would throw Ed into the foray and say, scream, get these pictures, get these pictures. The man with the golden eye would yeah. take these pictures. And Literally stuff. Now, if, if someone said you're not getting the pictures, what were some of the things that you would have to resort to in order to get the product? Um, I would just – Put it this way, I, I was one of the only English-speaking people yeah, we were there, in, yeah. in the place, so I would just... We were the only physical, was there any physical speak. intimidation that you would do? What, what, what uh, made you I was the move? smallest guy in, in the place, so uh, I would cry, first of all. <laughs> Man and, of the golden, and, golden Eye may be one well, of the... With golden tears. I, I, yeah, yeah, he's a cowardly wrestler. Yes, he's and I... I would wow. pee, pee myself sometimes. As, you are a disgrace. You meant the golden shower from the golden mask. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but, no, but no I got him. I mean, I was in there. and um, Did you ever get I hit put, by a wrestler? He did, yeah. Yeah, I got kicked in the head a few times. Yeah, he got kicked. I mean, literally, I had no idea what I, I was getting into the first match. 
these two guys just were sailing over me like this, and I'm just like, snap, snap, snap. And I'm screaming. And then the they're in, you know, there's folding chairs everywhere. They're in. It's 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 the family Sunday out down in oh, East cool. LA. Yeah. And it's a lot different than American wrestling. They get into the crowd, and they're in the crowd. They're beating each other up. It's insanity. Yeah. I was just snapping away. I, I couldn't it's, stop. It's, it's just it was so much fun. Yeah. And it's a, okay. it's a lot different than American wrestling. There's a whole different dynamic. And in, in, how how much of the choreography is real, and how much is it not real, and in, in like going into the uh, choreography. I mean, you, you know what I mean, like 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 mapping it out ahead of time. You mean comparing the, the two? Mapping it. Okay, <laughs> let's get it. Out of, yeah. Um, actually, I gotta say, if I was gonna compare the two, pizza um, straight. Lucha, you Lucha. are freaking me out, man. Stop freaking me out. Well, what, 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 what? The lucha libre. Yeah, compare the two. It's in the air the whole time. I mean, there's high spots. They're jumping out of the ring into the audience. Yeah, Um, it's it's like, yeah. uh, I forget the guy. Who's the guy that jumped off the balcony? Oh, there were several guys that went up the belt. Uh, but our but our buddy. Um, Gilmore, would you do? Yeah, that? no, Chilango. Chilango. Oh, Chilango. Yes, Chilango. Um, we're in the Mayan theater, and he climbs up onto a twenty-five foot balcony and jumps into the crowd. It was in- crazy. <laughs> on a date, but a lot of the a lot of the Mexican wrestlers aren't as big as their American counterparts, mm-hmm. whether through supplements or training or diet. So they're not as big, and so they use more high spars. They go off the ropes more, and they have a lot more athleticism and a- a- aerobics, um, acrobat moves to their, uh, to their, uh, do you think it's the beans? Yeah, I think that may help. It gives a little extra pep and stuff, but, it's uh, the tamale. but th- there was, seems to, in, in, in the culture that they embrace, the Mexicans really embrace this. It's, it's, right. it's serious. I mean, the, the most important thing in a Mexican wrestler's, uh, uh, arsenal is his mask. Right. And now in Lucha Libre, anyone that wrestles is called the luchadora or luchadora or the women are called luchadoras, but anyone that wears a, wears a mask is called an amascarado. So some people wear masks, some don't. But there are actual competitions or matches. It's called the mask versus mask match. And the loser takes it, has his mask taken off. He's disgraced. Disgraced. He loses his identities. His identity is shown to the world. And basically, you know, he can lose his persona. So you guys are both undefeated. Yeah, yes. but I'm sure I'll be disgraced by the end of this. So yeah, I'll have to take off the mask. Gilmore is a disgrace. disgrace <laughs> now. The fact that you have a mask on is disgraceful to whoever carries that mask. You know that, right? Is there a character that goes along with this? Yes. That, he is going to find you. That, that, tell, tell me about this guy. That is the mask. That's the Temple of El Santo, who's like the... And I, he's a good friend of yours. <laughs> he's a good friend of all of us. <laughs> El Santo is probably the most famous emascarado, um, uh, famous uh, luchador of all time. You are running him through the mud. <laughs> but that's not El Santo. But his funny... Now, now, El Santo passed away. Before he died, he gave his mask to his son, and his son carries on the tradition. And Sarah that's Blue. not his son. son's going to whip your ass, bro. I'll take it off. Yes. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> He'll know what you look, look like. Okay. And this is the mask of Blue Demon Jr. Also, Blue uh-huh. Demon's buried in his mask, and he gave the mask to his son. And, wow. So it, it, wow. It, it, it's a filling tradition. These guys are buried in their masks. So, so Baron, um, it says here that, that, that a friend of yours helped write it, uh, a guy named Dan Madigan. Yeah, Dan Madigan. Um, now, he is, he is a mark. For you, I'm sure. Yeah, a big yeah. fan of yours. Yeah, we, we get along well, me and Dan. He's an interesting guy. No, no, he wrote a film called See No Evil. Yes, Dan wrote See No Evil. Is that the Lionsgate that's WWE the, film with that, Kane in that's it? That's the one with the wrestler Kane in it. Dan wrote, they told me what happened. He wrote it. Um, and what is your son's name again? Well, my. Baron? Hey, hey, what is, what is, uh, Baron? What is Dan's son's name? Dan's son's name is Kane also, but Kane was named before the script ever came about. That's just it was a, a biblical just from Dan name, being a big fan. We like the name Kane. It was Kane. a biblical thing. Yeah, well, what's well, not? I don't want to give him too much of a complex, but yeah, but yeah, we had the name picked out before, and Mr. Madigan wrote the script, 
And the script, his original script I heard was, was uh, exceedingly brutal and violent and certain people called. In fact, Lance Henriksen called him up to be in it. Uh, and I, I know you genre fans know oh, Lance. Man. And, and Lance and Lance is a is They're a erect right now. Yeah, Lance is a friend of Dan Madigan's and I had we had Lance set up to be in the film and I told the producers and I told uh, Vince McMahon that this is a guy that can play the role and they never contacted On Dan's behalf. On Dan's behalf I called <laughs> and, and they never contacted Lance Hendricks and they told me who Whoa! Called me to, uh, they never contacted Lance and Lance called me called Mr. Madigan and said I want to play this role of the cop I think it's brilliant. And they never contacted Lance. And then Toby Hooper ca called Mr. Madigan and said, I want to direct this. I think this is fantastic. And then they never called Toby. Like a, that sounds like fish in a barrel. Yeah, but they also, like they also changed fantastic. the ending of the script. It was, it was a brutal ro roller coaster ride. And um, they sort of uh, pulled the stops out at the end. They sort of took away some of the bite. But I thought Kane did a great job. He's a, a great villain. He's just a great uh, guy in general. And the eventual director, Gregory Dark, really did a great job we had to work with. So, is there a sequel here, No Evil? So, uh, feel Maybe No Evil. Feel well, no you evil. know, you, you never know. No characters ever die and stuff. And, uh, right. And I think I think um, that could be a franchise character. Kane himself is a real horror fan. Very sharp, sharp guy. And, uh, you know, the fans love him. I'm looking forward to The Condemned. We interviewed... Uh, oh, Steve. We're going to put some interviews up next week on the site of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin no, and Vinnie Jones. Feel like that. That's a lot of fun. Steve, Steve's a good guy. Um, great guy. But the book is Mondo Lucha, a go-go. You guys can find it basically anywhere books are sold. Maybe not our funny books, but if you guys go to Borders or Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Um, yeah, it's all over the place. And you guys have a website for it? We have a website. It's, uh... It is myspace.com slash Mondo Lucha. Cool. So check that out. Um, there's tons of movie news we can get right on to. Nice. Um, I brought a list. Um, Jurassic Park 4. In an interview, Laura Dern says that she got a phone call from a certain somebody about uh, doing a Jurassic Park 4 out by the holiday 2008. Woo! Now, with Indiana Jones 4, how the hell is that going to happen? Why do you say that? Well, they, they have to uh, shoot the movie uh, with the you know, same director. Uh -huh. Maybe Spielberg can produce it. Yeah, maybe they can be shot they synonymously. I'm really not interested in seeing a Jurassic Park movie that Spielberg's not directing. Right. Well, what did you think of the second one, though? Because he did the second one. Nobody likes that. The second one, I heard that he actually just faxed it in, and he was rarely even on the set. Really? He watched it through monitors. Wow. The second one. But seriously. Jurassic Park. Oh, but but seriously, like, King Kong looked like crap. Clips it on his lap. And, uh... <laughs> Kill but worm. seriously though, King Kong looked like crap. I don't think I've ever seen. I haven't seen a better dinosaur since the first Jurassic Park. I'm I haven't gonna seen fight a better you looking on all fronts because I actually love Peter Jackson's King Kong. King, King Kong, was terrible. really? It was I will terrible. Fight both of you. Terrible. What, what was so good? I will what, remove what, your mask. What, what did you What did you not like about it? Everything. First of all, the, first, the original film is, is classic. You don't have to remake it. It's sure. uh, 80 something minutes. It's it fast paced. It works well. Right. Uh, and just because you got the ability to use CGI and better stuff, and there was no. You could go on and on. I mean, him skating on the ice, her doing this routine for him, you know. And all of a sudden, now King Kong knows judo. He has to fight three dinosaurs instead of one. <laughs> Originally, Marion Marion C. Cooper and Ernest Shaw. King the Kong guys knows that, judo. That's fairly convincing, actually. Yeah. The guys when you put it in the context yeah. of King Kong, oh, King Kong knowing, knowing judo, judo it's, it's like that's yeah, actually a you cannot like that movie. It's actually a different movie. Yeah, seriously. He's work. grape ape now. Yeah. <laughs> Just with you know, Gorilla with Gorilla. It's Kong Kong Yeah, seriously that. I would love to see a McGill yeah. Gorilla. I just movie. thought Peter. I thought it was terrible. In fact, yeah. my friend off to the side. I went with him to see it, and I kept punching him because Peter Jackson wasn't around for me to hit. 
But yeah. the movie oh, man. is just terrible. No, yeah, but I and, and, but I have not seen a great dinosaur since the first Jurassic Park. I'm saying. Behem- you've seen the giant behemoth? I uh, have not. You should watch that. Yeah? That, that, that'll be the greatest dinosaur you ever see, the giant behemoth from the 50s. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're talking about then. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Brian. Brian, yeah. you are making all I'm our blasting. Audience. Sorry, it, audio it, listeners. It, who is on camera right now? Everybody? Oh, wow. Oh, that wow. is magical. That. that is magical. I do like the... No, see, dinosaur. but I'm saying they've all looked like crap from there on out. Even the ones in Jurassic Park 3... Those look terrible. It, it, I mean, it's tough. It's like someone came on the film. Yeah, but it's like someone <laughs> but, with the union. Yeah, I heard it's a bad dinosaur union where they splatter paint all over you. What the hell was all the with all the multicolored dinosaurs in Jurassic Park three? Did you see that? Um, I see Jurassic. That movie was painful. Yeah, it was just they were all red and white, and nah, I just wasn't into it. So talking about horror movies, our good buddy Kevin horror Smith movie. is throwing himself into the movie. arena with another movie called Red State. That's the name of Kevin Smith's new horror movie. Oh, okay. And uh, he revealed the plot. This is all news that we got from Geekscape.net. Uh, Check it out. We have a bunch of kids on Geekscape.net who are throwing... It's kind of an aggregate site for news from all over the web. They throw it on Geekscape.net. It's a, you know, I, I check one, one place now. Uh, but somebody, uh, Martin Shearer, one of our loyal uh, Geekscapists, put in this one about Red State. That's the name of Kevin Smith's next horror movie. And it's uh, about a guy... Roughly uh, based on Fred Phelps, who's like a really conservative. Yeah, religious. Uh, he he goes protesting all the people that died of AIDS and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Nice. Right. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so Kevin's quoted as saying, "That dude has always fascinated me, and he's really informed uh, the horror movie that I'm working on. The movie's called Red State, and it's very much about that subject matter, uh, that point of view, and that position taken to the absolute extreme. It's certainly not Phelps himself, but it's very much inspired by a Phelps figure." Uh, he said that on a Rotten Tomatoes interview in the UK, and um, yeah, I think I, I think that's the coolest thing about horror movies is how much social commentary you can run in these films. And the best horror movies are social commentary. And uh, yeah. Kevin Smith, I'm still a little wary of him as a horror director, but I definitely feel like he needs to diversify his 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 Should vocabulary. The ovoir is that the uh, the word? Yeah, he, he needs yes. to diversify his ovoir. <laughs> Um, how do you guys feel about being such horror fans? How do you guys feel about Kevin Smith throwing his hat into the ring? I think he's a talented guy. I mean, let's like let's see the finished product. Right. It's hard. It's hard to like I said with the with the Rob Zombie thing until we we're seeing snippets and clips until we see the final. The Rob thing, Zombie's movies yeah. kick ass. His horror movies kick ass, and this and Rob Zombie really has a feel for what deep down really disturbs you visually and emotionally his movies and the style that he brings to it is completely original and uh he really takes something and makes it his own and you feel it yeah he's got a love viscerally you can feel tell, it. Even, even his videos impress me mm-hmm. you know his, he used to direct his own uh, music yeah. Yeah. so he has a great he knows the genre he knows the stuff and um I, i'm anxious to see I, I don't want to comment i see his stuff i think it'll be good i don't know kevin i mean i like kevin smith but um he's well versed up in film in general i'm sure that i don't think he'll go on this you know half-assed I think he'll do his due diligence. Look, I, I think that um, I think it's great because I think as many directors as can can do different genres. Then, then that's fantastic, and I'd really like to see something like that. Um, uh, a while back, Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman were going to do a horror movie. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I'd like to see directors mix it up a little more than that because they get pigeonholed, and then I think that's part of the problem. You know, I'm waiting for Shyamalan's romantic comedy. <laughs> Personally, I'd be scared of uh, of of Kevin Smith going uh, kind of doing what uh, Quentin Tarantino did with Death Proof. 
Um, I'd be kind of scared of him just having a really, really long dialogue-y zombie movies, which is not what we want. Really what you movie. want is you just want to get to the action. Yeah, you want to see people's heads getting cut off. You want to see really creative ways of people dying or suffering. You sick bastard. Yeah, well, I mean, the well, mask comes yeah, with it. Yeah. But it's like... Rent Cemetery Man. <laughs> Delamorte Delamore. That's one of the best. But I got to say, The Exorcist is a lot of talk, too, and I think that, that is quite successful as a horror film. But that's a different but that's, that's a, Gilmore, it's damn a different, it. It's a different generation, too. I mean, you're talking about different <laughs> I'm actually generation. not mad at you. I, I love you, buddy. Um, bending it towards the comic books, uh, Grant Morrison, huge comic book writer, is writing the adaptation of Area 51, the, mu- the, the uh, video game. Really? Uh, for Paramount. Grant Morrison's writing it. Uh, he's the guy who wrote some of the greatest books that came out of like the early '90s, late '80s. Um, he does invisibles. He, yeah, he he's he's known best for his um, what's the name of that? Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum stuff like that. Um, he, yeah, he he, he revamped the X Men really, a little while yeah, ago. Yeah, he can do really weird stuff too. Have you ever seen the Filth? He's a smart writer. He's a really yeah, talented he's writer. Really intelligent. This he's, is his first stab. I'm ho- I'm thinking at at film. Okay, he's really fucking weird too, isn't he? Like Alan Moore, where he believes in magic and stuff. I can't speak for Mr. Morrison and his <laughs> belief in magic. All right. Um, I just think that the game actually blows. No, yeah. How the hell could they make a movie out of that? Isn't just that? Isn't that the game? You guys have probably seen this. I in remember the, the game Area 51, the, where you make your way into Area 51 and you fight like yeah, it's, it's like it's a red and blue gun, dead type gun game. No, I don't play. I never played a video game. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a red and blue uh, like gun. The two people next to each other in like an arcade game, right? It's like House of the Dead, dude. That yeah. movie sucked. But <laughs> no, but I mean, this has even less of a of, of a of a possibility uh, to have some kind yeah. of plot. I mean, it's just a bunch of really sh- like really shitty looking monsters that come out <laughs> that were like actual that were like actual. Uh, I couldn't. They're take actually you seriously before. People. <laughs> I really can't take you seriously. But they were actual filmed people, like in like Mortal Kombat style, only that they're like popping out of places. And like so I don't know. Gilmore game. It's just no, yeah. So I guess this gener- a lot of your fans are big video uh, games. They love video games. Yeah, uh, no, but the, but a lot of them are actually have good taste in video games and movies. So they, it, who's directing this? Who's directing uh, this? We don't know. I just know that he's writing it. Why um, would he do that? Why would that be his first? Dude, a paycheck's a paycheck. You you pay his mortgage, dude. <laughs> uh, it's easy for you to that's pop always... a squat and start talking some trash over the internet. <laughs> that's always, that, your face. That's always the best excuse that I remember. Here's uh, my fear with doing okay, Geekscape. Okay, go. Because I lay my opinions out here, right. and I'm very, very uh, sincere with everybody and yeah. I'm fairly honest. Uh, I'm very honest. Uh, my fear <laughs> is that I'm going to get into a meeting one day, and somebody's going to be like, you know what? We would have offered you this job, but... You really didn't like X3, and that was kind of my baby. <laughs> and, uh, I wanted to make Rush Hour 6. Yeah, and like, with, listen. With mask. Yeah. Um, I, will, I will not do that. If Harry Knowles can get away with it, You'll be why not? He has a mask. Yeah, That's he so has funny. a mask. Uh, it, it's a glandular problem. Um, so, speaking about comic book uh, professionals doing movies, Jeff Johns, who did a bunch of great JSA books, he did a great Flash run. 52. He's one of the big uh, writers in comics. And Lauren Schuller Donner, who's direct, who's married, of course, to Richard Donner. She's responsible for the X-Men movies. Some call him Dick. A ton of stuff. Uh, they're going to do a Metal Man, uh, a Metal Men movie at Warner Brothers, which is one of these super teams that DC has. Yeah, I, I was a fan of that. Were you? Can you explain the, metal, the the attraction of the Metal Men to me? Because I I'm not feeling it. I'm like, wait, if you, if you have in your catalog Wonder Woman, The Flash. Green Lantern, a ton of awesome characters that I haven't seen the screen Black yet. Canary. What's up with you guys making a Metal Men movie? You know what I mean? They didn't take me into confidences, but I remember as a kid, I thought it was such a quirky thing. You had Lead Man, Tin Man. There's all these different um, 
uh, characters that had the uh, attributes of, of uh, and they were designed differently. This is like a pre Doom Patrol and all these yeah. things. And Doom Patrol was Grant Morrison. Yeah, yeah it, it was it was uh, kind of an offshoot. And I remember sometimes these comp these uh, stories are put in the back of a Batman comic sometimes, mm-hmm. and they, they branched on their own. But it was such a different quirky thing. It was so, at the time it was so different. That's why I dug it and stuff. And they, they, and they had a lot of different properties, too. Some guys were like Plastic Man. They yeah. can stretch. They can do that stuff. So I thought that was cool. And, and I think today, if you have a great production designer, they could really be something different. And it might be a really fun family film. Yeah. You know, in a way that Mystery Men was not. KY Jelly Man. I think the professional, that that book I turned you on to. Would oh, the professional? Play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he turned me on the Sin City, and I, in turn, turned him on the professional. Didn't you turn him on? I it, went to college it, with the Golden Eye. I went to, <laughs> to film school with the Golden Eye. The Golden and Eye. I, and I was like, Mr. Golden Eye. And he's like, what do you want, Peon? I was like, the please, I love your match. <laughs> Is it okay if I give you some comic books to read when you are pleasuring women? And he's like, uh, give me your stupid funny books. And I read them, and, and read I loved them. them. Um, the professional, I, I take it the it didn't go on very long. That, that was... Um, the dude who writes um, Punisher. Oh, Garth Ennis. Is it just called The Pro? He, the Pro. The, the Pro. Pro. Yeah, yeah, Damn, it's just sorry about the that. The Pro's that, great. Yeah. That, a female that, superhero yeah, that, who was a prostitute. That's exactly. the biggest oh. fuck you to, uh, to uh, DC superheroes. Yeah. Though. Top awesome. notch. It's yeah. awesome. The best you, is when the Superman type character blows his load and <laughs> knocks a plane out of the <laughs> sky. <laughs> So, BJ, okay. this is actually where you would actually get a big kick. No, yeah, it's seriously good. Him. If you guys love to hate superheroes, hooker, the, pro the pro is, is actually great. It's, it's awesome. It's on the cover yeah. Her ass. It's yeah. like it's yeah. a hooker oh, with superpowers. Yeah, it's like five ninety nine. It's really thick. It's like a twenty minute read, yeah. and it's a one shot, really self contained. It's awesome. Garth like Ennis at his best. Yeah. Garth Ennis is the dude who did uh, Preacher. Uh, he's doing the Boys now. He's doing Max Punisher. He's 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 great. Like you can. Yeah. Neck down, it's like a superhero. A hot superhero chick. Yeah, that's so funny. I love, I love, I love that. I mean, it's a, it's about a hooker superhero, and kid, by the right? yeah, uh, I don't know if he's a kid. Well, yeah, she she has a kid. Oh, okay. She has a kid, and it's a, <laughs> and by the end, like the last page, like you realize, like the whole thing is just like, okay, this is kind of silly, but by the end, you're like, holy shit, this is like the biggest critique of like the Justice League ever, because every one of those guys has like has like a satire Justice League yeah. type character uh, type character power it's like that's awesome pro, that is, i remember that mr golden yeah Eye. you guys should actually check that out uh, that's great. that is the best part though superman guy blows his load shoots the wing off a plane <laughs> so good. uh so we got a uh, review here from one of our geekscapists uh, his name's will uh he goes a snake on the forums you guys may have uh, seen him around uh he reviewed the ant-man series which is a series that uh it's only up to se- issue seven. It's a brand new Ant Man. It's not the guy that we all know, um, and uh, it's it's kind of a mixed book. It's um, Roger Kirkman, uh, Robert Kirkman, and uh, his writing. And uh, who's the artist on this? He did the he did no he did the Kevin Smith uh, Green La- Green Arrow. Oh, uh, you got it. He's got like a really cool style. Yeah, yeah. I don't and, know. I don't, I don't know. Um, this is his review. Uh, and thank you so much, Will, for the review. And if anybody wants to write reviews for the show, because I can't cover everything on my paycheck. Um, it says, deemed the world's most unlikable superhero, Robert Kirkman's Irredeemable Ant-Man, is one of the most entertaining and unique Marvel books out there. It's been getting flack, but I actually love it as well. It follows the story of a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Eric O'Grady, who, at, as the title suggests, is a total dick. 
O'Grady achieves everything from stealing the Ant-Man suit from his dead friend's back, off of his friend, dead friend's back, to sleeping with the guy's girlfriend in, on his grave. True. That happened issue three. Um, Kirkman always manages to make Eric outdo himself on the run. Eric hides from S.H.I.E.L.D. by exploiting women. He attempts to get laid by flaunting his suit and is able to shrink and watch the women shower, which he seems to do in every issue. He uses the suit to his advantage. That's pretty sick, though. That's, that's uh, like being invisible. Yeah. yeah. Last month. Last <laughs> month. That's just like my experiences of being invisible. That's, this exactly. is exactly what you would do this as is a superhero. What I would do. Come on, you wouldn't do like one of those things. Exactly. How, how dare you? There is justice to be uh, had. Uh, last month, while scoping out a new girl to stay with, Eric accidentally tumbled into the uh, purse of Miss Marvel. To his dismay, Eric in issue seven. The world's most shameless tie-in, the mighty Ant-Man. Eric finds himself first in a S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier, and then right in the middle of a battle taking place in Mighty Avengers number one. Can, can my assistant go upstairs and shut the alarm off? The assistant has to shut the alarm off. It's the authorities coming in to... It's Chris Hansen. The Baron and... Chris Hansen is coming in. And uh, sorry, Will, for interrupting your review with this. Uh, BJ actually has blood coming out of his ears. Uh, wow, that is that, that is, is... Is that too bad? Is that, should we start? Uh, how is that? BJ can hear that. No, it's not. Is that all right? Oh, whoa. I think he's dead. Oh. Yeah. Um, with the combination of smart humor and action, Kirkman can make you enjoy reading a book about a jerk in an Ant-Man suit who isn't even a superhero. Um, yeah, that's actually pretty hard to pull off. The art also uh, really fits the book. Sharply angle, Sharp angles, heavy lines, and clean uh, Phil Hester... His artwork uh, strongly reflects the tone of Kirkman's writing, plus he actually makes the Ant-Man suit look cool. Hester doesn't get enough credit for what he's done with the title. Overall, the book won't change your life, but it's a nice break from the rest of the stuff that's going on right now. That's like a lot of the stuff Kirkman does, though, isn't it? It's not like, he, it's not like all right, this is, gonna compl- this is like the best thing I've ever read, but it's just like, okay, you know what? I would recommend this. It's pretty good. Yeah, Kirkman is fun. Yeah, right? he's very solid, but he's not like amazing. Like uh, Mar- We were talking about Marvel Zombies on the way over. Which is a great B comic. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the, amazing. Where the Marvel characters all become zombies. And oh, they start really? eating yeah. each other and they take it's down so Galactus. Good. Oh, they start eating like the, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, it's and so Robert good. Kirkman has a lot of fun writing that one. Yeah, he like it, it. it turns out uh Peter Parker ate Aunt May and Mary Jane and he's and he's going through all aunt. this stuff about Interesting. it. Where the hell and uh, you say aunt? What's that? Aunt? Yeah. You, you say do you say aunt? Yeah, I do say You aunt. say aunt? Aunt is a creature. It's not it's not someone you're related to. You say aunt aunt aunt? Ant? You say ant. What are you with? Ant. Ah. Where are you from? Nerd? I'm in the minority. I'm a minority, apparently. Where are you from? Uh, Boston and then San Francisco. We're in Boston. Uh, I don't even know. Jamaica Plains. I'm from Lawrence. Hey. Yeah, look at you. Nice. Guys. Why don't you make out? Yeah. I actually. I read a really good book. Um, Joss Whedon, yeah. television writer behind Buffy and Firefly and all that, uh, took over uh, writing Runaways. Oh. If you guys have heard a bunch of noise on this show about Runaways and you want the jumping on, this is the jumping on. It's a really solid issue. Really? And it it catches you up. They switch artists? They switch artists and the Runaways what do you were think? a bunch of uh, young kids with superpowers whose parents were villains and they find out their parents are villains and have to take them down. Mm. Yeah, Joan Jett was in that, that group. Now they're in New York City and they're making a deal with the Kingpin so that they can operate. Yeah, if you're like, wait, what? Heroes making a deal with the Kingpin? What's going on here? You got to read the issue. Uh, the writing is just as solid as you'd expect from Josh well, Whedon, yeah. and uh, it's actually a really fun uh, read. So if you guys have been waiting to jump on the Runaways, jump on it. We talked about the irredeemable Ant Man and what a dick he is. 
I got to give a shout out to my buddy Mike Dolce, who I read. Uh, I met him at. Remember the dude at Wizard World? Who oh, was the, the film did, fest. Did uh, oh okay yeah right okay. Uh, I met this dude when Gabe Idol was playing at the Wizard World Film Fest in L.A. Another movie I attempted to make like a grindhouse. Gabe Idol. Uh, Gabe cool. Idol. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I, I came home after Grindhouse and wrote a bunch of ideas for the Gabe Idol feature down. If you don't mind me saying so, um, it was as talky as a Quentin Tarantino it picture. It actually was. Wasn't yes, it? you got mad. So, um, right back at you. I, I will make the feature less talky. A lot of action. A lot more, man lot on more, man. A lot more action. gay. Yes. A lot more talk. gay. There will be a lot of gay. More grunt, less talk. Can, can you, you can't say that one. I just couldn't afford to do a lot of sequences in the, in the movie. I, I, I made it for like five grand. I couldn't afford to do Neither could Quentin. Uh, this dude, Will, uh, this dude, Mike, he did a movie called The Sire. I don't know what you're talking about. If you need gay actors, you get Steve Katani no, no, no. can help I mean, you. You came up with a hilarious. Oh, I'm not going to talk about the monster okay, on right. camera. Okay. The the monster in Game of Thrones, it's it's amazing. It's so good. In the one liner. Have you hired the Steve Katani dancers for this? No. He, he was in a, a a small little uh, You'll see. grindhouse trailer called uh, Filth, Feces, uh, Feces, Feces for the Fuhrer. It's Steve. Feces for the Fuhrer. Yeah, Steve. Have you have you <laughs> have you seen the grind? It's yeah, it's great. Stephen Haddon directed it, the great uh, filmmaker Stephen Haddon, and then uh, Steve Catani stars in it. If you guys Ew, haven't seen, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. oh no, no, uh, uh, Rodriguez. We didn't even talk about this. Rodriguez put on this contest. I actually for saw Grindhouse Hobo with a Shotgun. Okay, it was great. Did you see um, Cannibal Hookers of Hollywood? I did. Eddie Vegas stars yeah, in that Eddie one. Eddie Vegas, the well-known Eddie Vegas. The guy is like multi-talented. Eddie Vegas. Yeah. Eddie Vegas. Yeah. I went to film school with him too. I think that the authorities are attacking him. I think. Him. It, I think. Uh, hold on one second. Will my assistant? Has he been up there? Um, there's none no. chucking going well, on. My assistant, to take care of that. Yeah, for those of you uh, who can't, for those of you who can't hear, what we keep getting distracted by. Um, there's this high pitched sound that sounds like the kind of sounds that kills heroes. Let's close it out. Let's you know? close it out. Uh, I just want to give a cool shout out. The coolest thing about this book, Mike, that you wrote, uh, and you guys can check it out. It's, pub- <laughs> it's published by AfterShock Comics. It's self published. Um, look it up. I know Diamond distributes it. You can also go to mikebooks.com. Coolest thing about this character. Is that he doesn't want to be a a, a hero like the Ant, like Ant Man? Mm. His suit makes him. So he'll be in a fight with like some supervillains and be like, "This sucks. I'm running away." And the suit will make him do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a Steve Martin character. You remember the man with the screaming, the screaming brain or the dude yeah. with two? It, it's like the the, the man with two brains. The, the suit brains. makes him fight crime, and he's held hostage by it. So it's called the Sire. MikeBooks.com. I enjoy that part of the uh, the story, um, and yeah, I think Mike is going to be a really good writer. You can tell it's a it's a he's starting out, but hell, he can write a comic book better than me any day, and uh, the artwork's good, and um, yeah, that's comics. Really quick, you guys don't play video games, so the video game section is going to be really short today. Uh, I am back on Xbox Live. Ooh. Geekscape.net is my Xbox gamer tag. That's a capital G, a capital. D and a capital N. Geekscape.net. I'll flash it on the screen. <laughs> I'm just like, where are the caps in that? And um, real quick, uh, I played Crackdown. I love it, but it's an older game, so I'm not going to review it. Um, the cool news is this. With the Transformers movie coming out, they got uh, the original voices for Megatron and Optimus Prime to be in the Transformers game. It's pretty sick. Great. It's awesome. It's pretty uh, Peter Cullen does Optimus Prime. They got him to voice it in the movie, Michael Bay's movie. But now he's doing the video game, and now the original Megatron is doing it in the video game. Nice. So I'm really excited to uh, 
Okay. Actually, see the game. Hopefully, it's better right. than the other one that came out. The other video game. Um, so that's that's video games. There's a there, this coming weekend after the posting of this uh, issue of this uh, episode. There's a Mario Kart tournament that the Scapists are throwing. Really? Yeah. On the DS, you can what, play Mario Kart over the internet. What language? Oh, <laughs> Nintendo DS. You know the Nintendo DS. He's I speaking told you I was, geek I was right now. Writing a, a WWE game for the no, Nintendo I don't DS. Pay attention when you talk. So this is a Game Boy game, and. Uh, if you guys want to get in on the Mario Kart tournament, VJ, are you in on this? Not yet. Not yet? Not yet. VJ uh -oh. cheats. He just said, we'll VJ see. VJ cheats. He puts the cheat codes into the game. But if you guys Dude, want to he'll be kick on your that, ass. Go check out the forums at geekscape.net. And uh, that's all the video games we can really talk because uh, there'll be plenty more next week. Um, guys. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know much about this. this yes. Yeah. But is it out of line to ask if there's a difference between Miss Pac-Man and Pac-Man? Miss Pac-Man is faster. Faster. Okay. I think that's it. Different, I think the yeah. maps are different. Different genitalia. And maybe they enjoy different fruits at the end of every level. She seems to be more of a money-groping whore. Is, <laughs> is Pong, is, is Pong is still popular? Is what? Pong still popular? Uh, yeah. Uh, Pong, Pong is popular. It's now called Wii Tennis. Oh. Wii Sports Tennis. Wii. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, Did you get fun. hurt playing that today here? Uh, no comment. Okay. <laughs> uh, I actually hit Laura and almost broke her arm. Really? <laughs> a week. The recap: Grindhouse, good. Halloween, interesting. Mondo Lucha Gogo, awesome. Top notch. Awesome. Bunch of movie news. Bunch of comic book noise. A little bit of video games. But that's our show, guys. Again, the book is called Mondo. Uh, I'm sorry, I came in. Mondo speak. Lucha Agogo. Oh wait, one more last plug. Go I have a movie playing at the Malibu International Film Festival that's and Newport Beach Film Festival. And if anybody's in Palm Beach. Florida, it's playing down there as What's well. What's the name of the movie? The name of the movie is Morning Fall, and it's playing this weekend in Malibu. Your and your buddy Eddie Vegas directed Eddie this? Vegas, Eddie Vegas. Uh, yeah, he, well, yeah, he, was, an, he was an influence. You guys have a really close counterpart, so you would think that maybe you guys are the same character, but I know them personally. They are not. I borrowed his jacket for this. Yeah. And uh, so here's the book. That's the episode, guys. Check out geekscape.net. Make a profile. Submit some news. Enjoy uh, the website. Talk on the forums. Take care. Rock on. Thank you. Take care, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye.